Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show that aims to help you change the way you lead. I'm Andy Peck. Most churches would include discipleship somewhere in their mission or purpose statements. Some churches are good at helping others come to faith. Some at helping them mature and others at helping those who are mature become disciple makers themselves. But very few churches have a system that helps people through each of these stages. Well, as a part of a series of looking at this, we talked to Steve Fenning, the senior leader of Forge Community Church at Stowmarket in Suffolk. So welcome, Steve, to the Leadership File. Hi, thanks, Andy. Uh, for those of you who, who aren't familiar with, with, with Suffolk and Stowmarket, just uh, locate, locate it for us. Okay, it's uh, in the centre of East Anglia. It's about 80 miles north of London. Okay, that's, that's splendid. Good. Yeah. Uh, and obviously for overseas listeners, they're, 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 uh, they're at least still they know London. So, um, yes, so that's right. Was, was, it, is, it is in the middle of nowhere. It, there's uh, lots and lots of small villages. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, was, was discipleship part of the DNA of the church when you arrived? Uh, absolutely it was. It wasn't when I arrived in that um, I was involved in starting the church 24 years ago. Um, uh, and yes, I mean, I, I grew up with that whole understanding of uh, go and make disciples the commission of Jesus. So uh, when we started, we started very small uh, and uh, we were just really hungry to grow. Uh, there was about 24 of us. Uh, and so we were very relational. We had a heart to, to reach out to our local community. We wanted to teach the Bible in a practical way. Uh, and I think if discipleship is about us becoming more like Jesus, then uh, that has to include sharing Jesus' heart for seeing lost people found. Uh, and so, yes, right at the very start, discipleship in the wider context was um, was the driving force of um, starting the church. Oh, splendid. And uh, you talked about... Uh the, the start then how, how things progressed describe the church for us today yeah sure so uh, as i said it started 24 years ago um there were 24 of us that started to meet in what is my home village a village called mendelsham which is about uh, a thousand people um uh, and basically over those 24 years uh, it's grown to now meet in two villages a village called debenham and uh, another one called Thurston. And so basically we're one church, but we cover at the moment two locations, and we look to launch another location in another village in Suffolk uh, next year. So now we have about 450 uh, people attending across both of our locations. Um, our church is based around our mission, which is transforming lives. Uh, we want to help people to find and follow Jesus and helping those in need. And I think... Um, I think one of the reasons why we've seen uh, uh, growth within our village um, uh, context is that we've tried to be a church that people who don't normally go to church love to be a part of. Uh, and so we gear our Sunday services towards that, even our groups 
uh, we're involved in our local community, we're involved in giving uh, short-term experiences of mission abroad as well. So um, it's a very active church, um, yeah, that, as I said, that's been running now for 24 years. And, and uh, from what you say, it sounds like the, the language of seeker-targeted type activity, is that, is that part of your DNA? Um, yes, absolutely it is. Um, uh, we tend not to use the term seeker um, uh, seeker targeted. Uh, that was um, the, we well. He, let's say we were heavily influenced by um, Bill Hybels and Willow Creek um, uh, many years ago, and uh, that really inspired me. Um, to, so the church wasn't just for us Christians. We wanted church to be for those that we're trying to reach, uh, and so yeah, heavily influenced by that. Right, good. Um, so if I, if I'm a new newcomer to the church what might be the kind of entry point uh for me you talked about the, the growth what would have been the places that people have found uh, attraction yeah sure um i mean entry points could be um all over the place really so um an entry point might be us um being involved in the local community maybe meeting a need of um a family or or something like that either um, through helping with a hardship um, gift or through a uh, furniture bank or food and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, on the whole, much of our growth has come through people inviting their friends. And uh, so hence we gear our Sunday experience, um, our Sunday services, to be uh, incredibly welcoming and accessible to visitors and people who wouldn't normally go to church. Um, I think uh, we use um, Alpha, uh, Alpha has been massive for us in seeing people uh, come to the church and come to faith. Uh, we also use another um, kind of introduction to faith called Starting Point, which is from North Point in, uh, in the States. Uh, and actually what we've seen is more people come to church first, uh, come to a service first, and then do Alpha and then become Christians than actually probably the other way around. That's interesting. Is, is there something about village life that may be a factor there? Um, uh, it could be. Um, I mean, I just think uh, on the whole, though, um, it's relationships. It, it's built out of Christians having relationships uh, with people who as yet don't know God or who might be searching uh, and, and then having roots in for those to invite within to uh, the church community. So if I'm a, if I'm a newcomer to the church, um, yep. exactly how do you help me come to faith? Is it is it through what we call the old star gospel presentation? Is it uh, is it? Uh, literature um, are you encouraging yeah. people to gossip the gospel well, what are the kind of things that that might yeah I mean I, I would say that um, uh, I mean we would have seen um, uh, yeah hun uh, hundreds more uh, or more really uh, are coming to faith and I would say that probably the majority of those would ultimately be through alpha or that alpha played a significant part in that um, and so on Sundays, on occasions, we would uh, encourage people to take that step, um, but we wouldn't do that every week. Um, uh, but we would always talk to people who as yet uh, wouldn't call themselves Christians within our talks. And so we would make reference to them. We would talk directly to them and inviting them to, to engage, inviting them to uh, be a part of a small group or to be a part of, um, of Alpha or Starting Point. Uh, that's, uh, for us, that's just proved to be... Um, uh, yeah, a really good way. So it's out of relationship, but it's having pathways then for that relationship to go further. Well, certainly one of the challenges many church leaders find is that um, that folk come to faith through Alpha, but the actual next stage of, of what you might call 
becoming a mature believer, whatever whatever's meant by sure. that. That that's the challenge. And um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's how long's a piece of string at one level. But yep. what kind of time frame do you do you think in terms of someone who say come to faith through Alpha one 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 week? Uh, are we talking weeks, months, years? Uh, you know, to talk about the the kind of the time frames that you've been familiar yeah. with. Sure, um, I think it varies um, hugely, uh, and some of that just depends, I think, on the spiritual momentum of each individual. Uh, in that, some will take a very tentative step, and uh, and each time they move forward, it will take time, it will take big courage for them to take another small step of faith. Uh, and others, um, it just seems that like the um, uh, the touch paper is lit, and, and they're away, and they fly. So uh, I, we don't have a kind of a linear stage by stage. You do this course, you have to attend this, right, you have right. to be doing this. Uh, I, I just think because uh, we're not all the same, uh, and so therefore uh, I think it can really vary um, uh, depending on, I think, that spiritual momentum within the life of a person. Right, right. So some, you know, some for some, almost from day one, they're they're sharing their faith. They're excited about their faith. Oh goodness, absolutely, uh, and yeah. Other, and and, and others, I it's, could, it's a harder process. They're more private. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And and some of that comes from the baggage of either either previous church experience, if they've had any, or um, or, or just stuff that's gone on in their lives. And so to start trusting people uh, could be a massive first step. Whereas others who can easily trust people can then move forward. Uh, that much quicker. So I, I don't like the linear, you go from this to this to this to this. I, I think it has to be uh, much more individual than that. Mm. So, uh, but therefore, as a church, w we have to create different environments for people to be able to access to take that next step. Okay. So so my next question was going to be, but I, don't th I think, think it's going to work, is, is do you have a way of determining whether someone is ready to be a disciple maker themselves? And I suspect from um, that, from what you've said, it's yeah. a bit, you don't really do that. Uh, no, I mean, I, I would, I would say straight away, straight away, um, uh, to become a disciple maker. Once someone makes that commitment, uh, they've got a, they've got a story to share with a friend, yeah. uh, and that's. Uh, I, I don't just see discipleship is once they've become Christians. I see discipleship is as uh, as I think Jesus termed it, go and make disciples. That's not go and find Christians and make them more mature. I think that was to go out and to win people. So it's this whole process. Uh, and um, uh, and if if I if I have come to faith today, I've got a story to share and and something to share with someone else. Uh, and as I learn something new, I can then share that um, uh, too. So I I would just say straight away, I think every Christian uh, has to be a disciple maker. Um, it might be inviting someone to church. It might be walking alongside them when they're hurting. It might be serving others. I just think discipleship is so relational. And it's this process, not a course or a linear pathway. And uh, regarding the groups that we operate within the life of our church, we ask leaders to look out for apprentice leaders who can help them towards becoming future group leaders where you're discipling uh, or helping to disciple a bunch of 10 to 12 people. I, I think uh, we always want to have this leadership stream running through wherever we kind of get a hint that actually someone could be helping a group of people to becoming more like Jesus. Right, right. Is, is that, um, uh, some listeners will be familiar with 3DM, the uh, St. Thomas Crook model of, of huddles and that. Is that what you're describing there? Or, you, or is this a kind of unique thing to 
to your chair? Oh, um, no, I mean, we, within our groups, uh, we, we run what we call 10-month groups. And, uh, and literally, they last for 10 months, and then people can sign up again. We want to try and make our groups as accessible for people to join and to find the right group um, uh, as frequently as possible. So we run these groups for 10 months. But we also run... Um, other small groups which we just call running mates which are the life transformational groups um, which is threes and fours where um, people share a lot deeper personally and are held more accountable uh, within those smaller groups and so we, we would just encourage people to connect relationally because honestly I believe that if we connect relationally we can grow spiritually uh, and so therefore relationships are just so important Fantastic. so important well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Steve Fenning, the senior leader of Forge Community Church, Stowe Market in Suffolk. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Steve Fenning, the senior leader of Forge Community Church, Stowe Market, Suffolk. He's uh, very kindly allowing me to, to quiz him about how, uh, as a <laughs> church, they uh, attract newcomers, uh, seek to mature those people, and then uh, help those mature people to uh, become disciple makers themselves something that's something of a challenge in many uh, local churches um, and, and you were stressing before the break uh, Steve the, the the key importance of, of relationship that this is a it's not a linear thing it's not about courses it's about people connecting with people and helping one another to grow so that's a, that's really tra uh, terrific yeah absolutely um, and but, but I, need, I need to say of course that no church is textbook so no doubt you've had challenges false starts disappointments along the way you've been uh, going as you said for 24 years uh some yes. ups and downs no doubt absolutely oh, i mean in a sense we fail all the time and um uh, and we just have so much to learn but i'll tell you um i and uh, the leaders and folks within the church are just hungry to learn um uh, and um yeah i i i honestly i am so passionate about seeing people come to faith uh, and then to grow in faith and to then bring their friends to jesus as well uh that that's at, honestly at the heart of who i am so um do we do we get it right all the time of course not absolutely not um uh, but therefore i want to keep learning and i'm happy to take a risk and fail than just to try and play it safe i think that's partly um uh, at the heart of what we do and why we don't always succeed. But I see, I mean, I see our role as creating environments where people can connect relationally in order to grow spiritually, whether that's our Sunday services, whether it's our groups or courses. And, and even our Sunday services are just an environment that we can put, and we do put an awful lot of effort into making that environment engaging and challenging. Uh, but to be honest, people can still not listen. They can still not engage and not grow. They could be part of a great group. But again, if they don't engage, they won't grow. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just think um, uh, leadership is hard. And uh, we will have times where it doesn't work. Uh, but I think maturity comes through persevering through those times. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I think we would have let a lot of people down as a church. We would have hurt people. And, uh, and I am desperately sad about that. And I think we've also really helped some people to grow and to flourish in faith. And um, kind of that's life. <laughs> yes, but I, I don't want to put people off. Um, but uh, inevitably that happens within families, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I, bet you, I mean, it's great to hear your enthusiasm after 24 years of this. Um, cl clearly many churches do struggle and, and many church leaders kind of 
give up you know they 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 put on services marriage funerals that's kind of the work of the ministry but uh, but for many folk they don't have that passion within um and uh you, you know is it because it's so hard do you think that the the people people settle for something lesser yeah um uh, certainly i think it is really hard work and part of my responsibility as a leader is to make sure that i um uh, I lead myself well, uh, and I know that, that when there are times when I feel jaded and, and I can't be bothered, that affects the church. And so, so therefore, I have a huge responsibility on myself to, be, uh, to find ways of being inspired and to be learning new things. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, it is hard. And I think disappointment and hurt plays a, a huge part, too, uh, because I think lots of um, people... Uh, will start with enthusiasm, and it kind of gets beaten out of them. Uh, I tell you, church can be such a tough place, can't it? Especially when leaders want to do something that makes the congregation uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, it's normally through being uncomfortable that people grow. Uh, and so therefore, I think discipleship is really messy. Yeah. Uh, and if Jesus spent three years discipling the twelve, it was certainly messy and painful for him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because one betrayed him, one denied him. They had arguments over who was the greatest. They wanted to call down fire and fry people. Do you know what I mean? And everything which would go against what Jesus would want. So he must have lived with a sense of disappointment uh, and hurt. But, um, uh, but, but that was his, his mission. His mission was to set up these guys to, to reach the world, to go and make disciples. And so... Um, uh, so it is hard. It's very disappointing. It could be very discouraging. But I tell you, whenever you get a win, uh, whenever I get a win, boy, do I want to celebrate that. And so I'll email it out. I'll include it in talks because um, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. That's what keeps me going. Well, it's great, great to hear. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm struck by uh, how local churches often, uh, they have the folk like yourself who are enthusiastic and buoyant. And then there's a, there seems to be often a layer of folk who, who prefer to as it were remain at school so they're not they don't want to take responsibility so they yeah they don't they, they, they stay stuck a little bit um yeah. I, I just wondering if you find this in in within the networks that you work oh of course of course um, we we have such a mixed bunch of people who um uh, are part of the forge and so we will have um uh, those who are on fire and are just wanting to give everything we have others who um, uh, who put up with church and are happy to be part of church, but um, uh, that's as far as it goes. And we have those that are seeking. So the yeah, church is just such a messy place, isn't it? Um, but I do think that fear affects us all uh, and change and responsibility uh, is costly. Uh, and so uh, and so naturally, I think people at times will just step back from that. And, and I understand that I ain't going to go in. Um, uh, and you know, be critical in that. I just think that people are at different stages. Um, uh, but I do find that inevitably, unless we keep an outward focus, people can easily want to make their faith about themselves. It's what they want, what makes them feel good. And so I think my responsibility as a church leader is, is for those that uh, are uncomfortable with church, who don't normally come i want to make them as comfortable as possible and for those who are comfortable with church i have to try and push them to be uncomfortable to step out of um what they know uh, so that their trust and reliance on god increases uh, and that's a scary place yeah. uh, and i understand that and so people are not always going to do that yeah I, I, a long time ago i remember chatting with mark mittelberg um 
who was uh, oversaw yeah. the evangelism at, at Willow Creek, and uh, he talked about the law of spiritual entropy. In other words, you know, there's this we we we're constantly coming back to ourselves if we're not yeah. careful. And he was advocating at that point uh, having a champion for evangelism or yeah. someone to over you know make sure that 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 uh, goal continued to be uh, to be met. So yeah, that sounds good. Um, uh, you talked about your your influences, uh, Willow Creek being one for. for listeners unaware willow creek is a a church over in uh, in chicago which has had some influence on on uk church and continues to do so through the the willow creek uh, uh, association uh, that's right uh, other, other influences uh, steve uh, and books or resources that have helped you yeah sure so we have um we have also linked with um uh, another church out in uh, another two churches in fact out in the states um uh, that we we've been kind of building relationship with one is a church called north point North Point Community Church with a guy called Andy Stanley. Um, And uh, so we've been out to conferences at their church and we've got to know some of the people out there. And they are so generous in sharing resources and uh, and of wanting to encourage us. Um, Atlanta, is it? Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, in Atlanta, Georgia. That's right, yes. That's right. So North Point Community Church. And um, uh, he, he is just a brilliant communicator and uh, a brilliant leader so uh, i'd listen to his podcasts and that kind of stuff as, along with um, bill hybels as well uh, there's another church um uh, called christian community church which is just outside of chicago in a place called naperville and uh, again we've been across to meet with their leaders to talk about um uh, the multi-site approach um of one church multiple locations and so again they've been incredibly kind in sharing resources with us now, their numbers are huge, as in with all three of those churches. And so we have to try and contextualize them to village life. But, sure. um, uh, but they, they have been incredibly helpful. Uh, and so uh, I mean, one of the key books, which um, uh, for me has just been brilliant, is, uh, and I would recommend any church leader to read it, it's a book called Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. Uh, and that's Creating Churches and Church People Love to Attend. Um, uh, that's shaped us and shaped our language um, hugely. Um, I think the courageous leadership um, uh, of Bill Hybels, again, that's another one. It, it, it's more whole church, uh, but it's having that courage to make the big decisions. Um, uh, the book Communicating for a Change by Andy Stanley and uh, Lane Jones, uh, again, another North Point resource. Um, they've, they've been very influential in how we operate as a church and uh, has helped to give us language uh, that we can communicate uh, with. So, yeah, very grateful to all of them. Oh, thank you, Steve. Well, if you're searching for a pen, uh, those uh, books, again, are Deep and Wide, uh, Andy Stanley. Uh, also, uh, Communicating for a Change, uh, Andy Stanley, and there was another author there. Wasn't Lane there? Jones. Lane Jones. Uh, and then Courageous Leadership, uh, which has uh, been around a little while, uh, by Bill Hybels. Yeah. So, so thanks, Steve. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's lovely to hear, Steve, uh, enthusiasm, in, in the hmm. rural areas, uh, I know that rural yeah. areas around the country have been uh, increasing in uh, um, numbers as, as yeah. you know, people have moved out of cities to some degree. But but typically church life has has been a bit mixed. And certainly those who've been involved in rural evangelism have, 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 have found it a bit of a struggle, particularly in smaller yeah. rural churches. So great to hear of, of a place where, where this has been buoyant. Uh, any particular things you'd say uh, about rural evangelism and, and what village life that that might be key for for listeners who are in those kind of rural areas um 
I mean, certainly I have a passion for uh, rural life and villages. I grew up on a farm and I've, I've moved all of 2.2 miles. Uh, so I've been out doing other work in other parts of the country, but um, I still live very close to where I was born. Um, uh, and so my heart is for Suffolk and my heart is for villages in Suffolk. Um, I think in order to be able to um, uh, really establish, I think you have to be strategic in looking at growing villages. Um, I think where there's a village of 300, it's very hard to establish um, uh, the prospect of a vibrant growing church when there's such a small community. So, um, so Debenham, um, where, where our church meets, would probably be about 2,000 in size, and uh, Thurston is probably heading towards 3,000. Uh, so we, we, kind of, we want to be strategic in, in where we go. Um, uh, so that it's a growing population. Uh, and actually, uh, much of it, I think, comes down to um, uh, having great leaders around yourself. Uh, I, I, am, I, I cannot tell you how uh, grateful I am to God for the people that he's put around me. Uh, they are brilliant, and the great thing is that they just make me look good. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's them. Uh, and so I think if we could, if, if in any church, but certainly within a rural community, um, you've often got very gifted people who have moved out to the country but still live within the city. And, and I would say just grab those people and, and make best use of their leadership and of their strategic um, understanding because uh, it doesn't just happen. I think we have to work as if it all depends on us and pray as it all depends on God. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, so therefore, I think just surround, leaders should surround themselves with other great leaders uh, to make it work and make it happen. Well, Steve, you're very gracious and humble, but it's, uh, it's ter- ter- been terrific to chat with you. So thank you so much. Oh, for, thank you. I've thank loved, you I've loved it. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. Do, you'll be listening to Leadership File with Steve Fenning, the Senior Leader of Forge Community Church in Stowmarket in Suffolk. Uh, do log on to Premier's own website. You can find archive recordings of Leadership File including this one in due course. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premiere. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.